hear the word of the Lord. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. The word of the Lord. Thanks, Taylor. Well, hey, everybody. How's it going? It's good to see you all again. I think I've said that like three times, but I mean it every time, I promise. All right, so I have a, I have a question. I know we're in Massachusetts, um, but uh, does anybody in here like country music? Anybody? All right, so, all right, so there we go. Right, so because he's not here, instead of actually teaching, I'm just going to give an hour-long diatribe on country music. Yeah? No, I'm just joking. But I do want to tell you a little story. But instead of me telling it, I'm going to let some musicians tell it. And, um, you know, I think there's something interesting in these two songs. So instead of like me singing them or just reading the lyrics, why don't we just go ahead and listen to a couple short clips? Does that sound like a plan? All right, go ahead and play clip number one. All right, this is the part. We should be alone together. over there in the corner nobody else can see. Keep I see a lot of heads bobbing. That's good. We should be alone up against my outside on the street. you and me. We should be alone All right. Did anybody who doesn't like country music find themselves like, oh, I, I kind of like it? Yeah? Maybe not? That's all. Now, we've got one more clip. It's not country music, but it's another band that I also like. Can we play clip number two? All right, so first clip was by a band called Dan and Shay. The song was called Alone Together. Second clip, a band called Leagues. Track was also titled Alone Together. Now, here's what I think is so interesting. Because the first song, called Alone Together, is about two people who are so in love with each other that all they want is to be alone but together. Does that make sense? So they are an entity that is alone from everybody else. The second song, though very poppy and happy sounding, is actually very tragic because it about, is about two people who are not in love, and when they are together, they both feel alone. All right, so does that make sense? First track, we have two people in love. They just want to be alone, but with each other. Second song, Two people, not so much in love, when they are together, both feel alone. All right, so I think it's pretty amazing 
the two separate artists and lyricists can hear the exact same phrase, right, alone together and interpret it so differently because there are two opposite ends of the spectrum. But that's kind of life, isn't it? It's kind of music and it's a little bit of art. It gives us this ability to connect over ideas and situations even though we're all coming from separate experiences. So say you're in love and you hear the first song and you're like, oh, man, I totally feel that way about my wife, Lauren. I just want to be alone with Lauren. Why would I want to be with anybody else? She's just so great. Or maybe you just broke up with somebody or in your process of breaking up and you hear the second song alone together and you're thinking, man, we are together, but do I feel alone? It's kind of connection, isn't it? It's a different way of connecting. That's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about connection. We're going to talk about being with other people and existing in relationship with other people. Because we humans, we're very, very, very complicated. The same thing that causes us so much pain and frustration, other people, is also the same thing that we crave and we need. And without other people, we become something a little bit less than human. We have this innate desire for intimacy. And it's not only something that maybe we can figure out on our own, but science actually tells us the exact same thing. So it should come to no surprise then that this is the way that God intended it from the beginning. So if we go back to the beginning of the scriptures in Genesis, there's this guy that God creates called Adam. Now, Adam is placed in the Garden of Eden. And there's all the animals and all of the creatures that God has created. He's done creating at this point, yet Adam is alone. And in Genesis 2.18, it's up there on the screen, the Lord God said it is not good for man to be alone. So what does he do? God surveys everything that is in the garden with Adam, but finds that there is nothing suitable to be a partner. So he puts Adam to sleep and creates Eve out of Adam. And in this process is the first human-to-human connection. See, God not only creates humanity, he creates Adam and he creates Eve, but when he creates Eve, he so creates intimacy between people. So dogs, they might be man's best friend, but they're really no solution for other people like ourselves. You might notice that in interacting with other people and in strong interactions, there's almost an energy between people. So I just read this article uh, in The Atlantic. Does anybody read The Atlantic? Uh, it's a website. I think it's also a magazine. Anyways, I just read it online. But neuroscientists have actually discovered something called mirror neurons. And these mirror neurons are fascinating because they actually act as a possible explanation for emotional empathy between people. Mirror neurons are a circuit of cells in the brain that are activated when we perform tasks with other people. So for example, say you are in love with another person and you both go out to dinner and one person is smiling and enjoying themselves. That activates something in the back of the other person's brain who is also enjoying themselves and also smiling and there is a connection between two people. It's amazing. It's really, really amazing. 
I also think another, another strong example is uh, going to a music concert. Anybody enjoy going to live music concerts? So I remember the first time I saw a Coldplay. And this was like a long time ago. I was still, uh, I think I was in college. Um, and, and I remember Coldplay came and played. And um, they played like all the hits at the time, like Fix You, Yellow, things like that. And people are dancing together. They're singing together. They might have their hands up in the air. And I remember leaving that concert and thinking, wow, that was interesting. Because not only did I enjoy the music, but it felt like there was some sort of connection between everyone in this room listening to the same music. In fact, you ask some people, and they describe live music events like that as almost a spiritual experience. Sometimes Bono of U2 will come out and say, let's sing, we're in church. Understanding that being together in proximity with people and experiencing something so great and connecting is a spiritual environment. See, scholars tell us that there is a depth of intimacy that only happens when we share experiences with others. One scholar writes that there's a power in that sense of shared experience, that you are not alone. Someone understands how you are feeling and feels the same way. You see, our faith and our souls and our science, they're all telling us the exact same message. And that message is simply this. We need each other. We need other people in connection to a level that can't be expressed with any other fashion than love and acceptance and passion for deep connection with each other. Now I believe that the verse that Taylor read in Ecclesiastes is kind of the angle that the author is coming from. You see these verses lead us to choose connection instead of diversion, harmony instead of dissension, and cooperation instead of division. Verse 9 reads that two are better than one because they have good return on their labor. In other words, two are better than one because our success is shared. Two are better than one. The sum is greater than the parts. So when we work together, not only is our, labeled, our labor doubled, but so is our return. When we work together, our perspectives are broadened. You see, when we're on this journey alone... We see things with two eyes and one perspective. But what happens if we invite other people into this journey of life with us? We gain eyes and we gain perspectives. We go from seeing things with one set of eyes and one perspective to two or four or six eyes and multiple perspectives. And if we choose to live and work and move together, we see the world differently. Now sometimes... This can be a little bit difficult. There are times in my own life where I thought my perspective was accurate. But what my perspective actually revealed were some deficiencies and some flaws in myself. But I had to ask myself, in this situation, do I want to be right? Or do I want to succeed? And, and that's difficult. That's hard because we all kind of like to be right. And we all kind of want to succeed. But sometimes 
We can't have both. Alone, my perspective would have led to failure. But with help, it didn't. So these verses ask us to ask ourselves, who is around me? What can they offer me? How can this relationship with them be healthy and productive? Now verse 10 says, if either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. So another way of saying this might be, the pains of life are too heavy to bear alone. Have you ever felt like you were carrying that backpack full of pain and of failure and of shame and of sadness by yourself? Anybody been there? It's difficult because that weight is crushing. Yet, it takes bravery to face that failure, to choose to get up and to start again. And these are the moments when we need each other. Brene Brown writes that rising strong after failing must be a spiritual experience. When we doubt if we can ever succeed again, those who surround us often see what we don't. That we are still strong, that we are still capable, and that we will thrive again. When we talked about perspectives a second ago, those are the perspectives that sometimes we are lacking if we are alone. While I was studying for this teaching, I also read this quote. Much of life can be about presenting a controlled and edited image of ourselves. An image in which we are smart and successful and have it all together. Yet what we really want is those who see our best and our worst, yet still want to be with us. It's interesting because I think our successes are easy to share with other people. Our failures, not so much. Vulnerability is very, very, very difficult. Not to jump on the social media bandwagon, but it's a little bit of what social media offers us. It's an ability to share what's going on in our life. Unfortunately, it's more fun and easier to share success. It's not so easy to share failure. There's no equal to the resilience and bond that is built when we lose and when we help each other rise again. You might say that the people that are with us when we fail are actually the only people that deserve to be with us when we succeed. Verse 12, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. I think there are two ways to interpret this verse tonight. The first, which is not wrong and is good, is that when we choose to enter into deep relationship with others, we choose to defend each other. When we love one another, we fight for what one another loves. However, I think that this verse 
interpreted just a little bit differently, offers a proactive call to action. I think this verse offers us a line where we move simply from positive motivation of community to a church and community that is empowered by the Holy Spirit to actually make a difference. You see, sometimes there are those who need people to come to their defense. And who better to come to their defense than a body of humanity whose king is Christ and who believe in something bigger and more important than just themselves. See, those who are together in the body of Christ choose to fight for causes in which we have no skin in the game. Sometimes it would be easier to, as the phrase says, let sleeping dogs lie. It's easier to say, you know, I believe in their cause and I think that they are right, but this fight's not mine. And that's easy. That's easy to do. Because what it does is it says, well, I feel good. I feel good because I, I stand with them. But also, I don't have to assume any of the responsibility of fighting that battle for them. It's kind of an easy way out. But what is easy isn't always right. You see, when we are in deep relationship with one another, we have to defend each other. And that includes those that cannot defend themselves. Those people that don't have. Those people that are oppressed. Those that are refugees from wherever they come from in life. Author Erica Boothby believes that when people think of shared experience, what usually comes to mind is being close with others, such as friends or family, and talking with them. What we don't realize is the extent to which we are influenced by the people around us. So if we attach that to this desire to defend other people, we realize that in defending those that can't defend themselves, we have the power to influence others to join that cause. The scripture defines that strength as a cord that is not easily broken. There are causes in which we need to stand for and fight for as a Christian community. And when we choose to stand for that, we also have the power to influence those who might not see that cause right now and broaden their own perspective to see that this is important and this matters and there are people that need my help. Really, those that step in and defend those who can't defend themselves have the real power. They can expand and use their influence to make the world a better place. So tonight, if there's just one thing that sticks from this idea of being together, I hope it is simply this, that we need each other. We need each other desperately. We can't leave this place thinking that we are better alone. Because we are better together. Kind of back to those first two songs, the idea of being alone together. 
I think we can throw out that idea of simply being alone and choose to just be together. Because when we are together, we are stronger. When we are together, we have more perspectives and greater perspectives. When we are together, we have more empathy and we have the capacity to feel what other people feel. Oftentimes, we don't have that when we are alone. So if the band could come up. Tonight, as we leave this place, can we choose to leave in a mode of connecting and of helping and of trying to be one instead of being a group of people who are together by the umbrella of Christ but still separate in their own ideals. What's interesting is in Genesis, when God is creating the universe, the tense that is used is of a group of people, an idea of we. The Trinity itself, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, that is a community of oneness. When we gather together in our community, we must seek to model that same idea of oneness. So may we choose to share in each other's wins and successes. May we choose to share in each other's pain and losses. And may we choose to share in each other's sacrifices. Defending those that cannot defend themselves and defending and standing with those that can. There's a really popular phrase that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Our mission tonight is not to go fast alone, but to go far, bringing as many people as we can with us. So tonight, let us Open up ourselves and our spirits and our souls to the spiritual practice that is experiencing this world. It's good and it's bad together. It's in this process that we grow closer not only to each other, but to Christ. So as Danny and the team lead us tonight, and as we sing together, and as we welcome the presence of the Lord into this space. Let's also welcome the presence of the Lord into ourselves and into our relationships and into our communities, into the group of people that we work with and that we are friends with, and even into the groups of people that we really don't understand or find it a struggle to be on the same page with. Maybe tonight as we sing, some relationships will come to mind. Maybe some successes or some loss or some sacrifice will reveal themselves through the leading of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps this moves you to action. Maybe it calls you to make that phone call to that person who needs your defense or that person who feels like they failed, or that person who is succeeding. And there is relationship there that can be strengthened and a bond that can be built 
that changes your world and their world and our world for the better. So can we stand together tonight? Um, and we're going to sing a song that simply talks about welcoming the Spirit of God into our midst. That the Spirit of God would come and move through us and be with us. My call to you is this, to make this song active in your life and not passive. That they're not just words that we sing, but that it becomes a premise that we hold on to. That we welcome the Holy Spirit into our relationships, into our successes, and our failures, and our sacrifices. And that we don't just take in that knowledge and let it sit, but that we take in that knowledge and then use it and move it out to take it from ourselves into the lives of others. Can we pray?